This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode 10 of the Open Forum Podcast. Yes, we made double digits, folks. Uh, my name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Today is a interesting episode, Mike. I got to tell you, this, this month in general has just been uh, so extraordinary. There's so much going on. Crammed. We, yeah, we have the, the March to Nashville going on with our national convention, Shape Nashville, coming up in less than two weeks at this point. We just released an amazing open forum podcast episode with Kevin McGrath talking about his adopted gym. We have a, an awesome shape America conference preview episode coming up, but this one being our 10th one, I feel like this is, ah, well, it's special for a lot of reasons. One, I, I think this might be the most, probably the most important episode we've ever talked about in terms of, of mm -hmm. content and subject matter. And we, we saved our first, our first celebrity guest for, <laughs> This episode here, uh, we are being joined by a not just a former world-ranked tennis star, but I, I got to tell you, give you a little a little background. I really feel like the the stars have been aligned for our paths to cross for for quite some time. Our guest today is Karen Buchholz. Uh, Karen is from Brownsville, New York, uh, an area of, of Brooklyn, which was right next door to where my first job was in East New York. So I feel like we were neighbors in some kind of a weird weird cosmic sort of way. <laughs> Karen has some history in Harlem, New York, where Mike and I both work. So I, I, I feel like our paths were, were meant to cross at some point. And luckily, the, the Open Forum podcast is here to, to bring us together. Karen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Why don't you tell the world a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This is really a thrill and a, and a pleasure for me to be here. Um, especially after we spoke, and and I I also recognize the fact that we we in some possible way have have a connection. So I yes I played um, professional tennis for for three years after playing in college. I was very fortunate. I I got a a, a sponsor, and the the sponsor was actually someone who worked as on the board of directors in the Harlem tennis program that I ran for three years. Um, in, in an armory in Harlem. Um, so my whole life has been in sports. I've been very blessed because I've had, I've worked with some of the greatest sports brands in the world, the NBA, the U.S. Olympic Committee, the Knicks, the Rangers, um, the U.S. Tennis Association. Uh, so now um, I'm actually working for the, the National Kidney Foundation, and this is probably one of the most significant things I've ever done in my life. You know, I've, I've, I've done a, a lot of um, nonprofit work as a volunteer and thought, you know, I spent my whole career in sports, and, and now, you know, I don't know if it was a midlife crisis. I felt like there was something more that I, I could do and in, in saving people's lives. And this job, we literally save people's lives, and um, you know I couldn't be couldn't be happier. Absolutely, kidney disease and kidney health in general is one of those things that can't be overlooked in terms of overall health and wellness. Uh, Karen, what what exactly do you do with the National Kidney Foundation? How did you get involved with them? I'm I'm the senior vice president of development and field services. So basically, we have 
27 offices across the country that actually implement our, our mission at the local level and try to help people that suffer from this horrible disease. So I oversee those offices and about 150 people, and we raise about 60% of the annual budget, which is about, we raise about $25 million annually to, to pour back into our mission um, to help people suffering, to try to um, eliminate preventable kidney disease, to, to bring awareness to kidney disease. No one even knows where your kidneys are or how many you have, or, you know. People mix it up with the liver and, you know, no one really knows a lot about kidney disease. And it's it's one of the worst health crises in 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 the in the world right now. And so our goal is to get the word out about kidney disease. And the reason I the way I got involved is my partner donated her kidney to a, a very close family member and it was transformational for her. Um, when she went into her nephrologist and talked to her doctor, a nephrologist is a, a kidney doctor, and she said, you know, when you take out my kidney, I want to be able to do everything I did before. I'm an athlete. I want to be able to ride my bike. I want to run. I want to play tennis. You know, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm the same as I, you know, I am when I, I go into this, this surgery. And when she got out, she told me that um, she had never imagined that she, that she would be better off having gone through that, that process. And she feels emotionally, spiritually, and in every possible way, a, a better human being. And she feels like she's got wings on her shoulders because she saved a person's <laughs> life. She, she equated it to giving you know, childbirth, to giving birth again to someone. And, and you know, to, to, to know that you've saved someone's life. You don't need both your kidneys. And she donated hers so that he could live. And, and she feels like she is, she is a, a chosen one and her life has been enhanced. So from that experience, this job description came across my desk while I was at, at the U.S. Tennis Association and thought, maybe it's time for me to do something, you know, in the health arena. And, you know, maybe I can help more people. And so I that's tell why you, I'm here. If that isn't a, a, a sign from a higher power to, to have gone through an experience <laughs> like that, with someone so close to you who, again, l literally helped to save someone's life. And then it kind of comes, yeah. you know, it boomerangs back around and says, hey, Karen, you might want to get involved in this. Here's yeah. an opportunity for you to do that. So, it's a, yeah, it's a very, it's a very powerful, powerful experience. So my aunt gave my uncle a kidney. Do I have a, a future career here. in the kidney foundation? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. You'd be surprised it's... how many people are affected by this disease. Yeah, it's it's almost a almost a decade now, and you know he wow. went to kidney failure and wouldn't let any of my cousins, t uh, you know, tissue test because he didn't want any of their kidneys, you know, being his kids. And wow. um, as like a last a last effort, my aunt went and got tissue tested, and they ended up being a match, which is crazy because spouses are like statistically very very rare to be tissue matches. So. Crazy. You know, yeah. the crazy thing now is that um, technology has advanced and there's this algorithm that someone created, his son had kidney disease. And so now if you give a kidney, someone else can get a, your kidney. So it's a paired matching system. Wow. So if, wow. if I give my kidney, and that's what my partner did, she gave her kidney 
to her family member. Um, she didn't have to be a perfect match because they got someone else who needed a kidney that was that same blood type. And they there could be actually eight different combinations and, and you know, a person can get the right kidney. It's, it's incredible now. That is so wild. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm nowhere near the expert on kidney health, kidney disease, that you and the folks that you work with are, but I do know from just doing some basic research that approximately 30 million adults in our country or around the world are diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I'm sure there's probably millions of others that are either at risk or don't know. Is this something that is more prevalent in adults than in children, or is it an equal opportunity disease? What are the stats on that? Well, I mean, it, it, it's not that these 30 million are diagnosed. 30 million, this is the crazy part of it. 30 million people have kidney disease. 90% of them don't even know it. Wow. There aren't any symptoms in early stages of kidney disease. So a lot of times people don't know. I have a friend that actually had diabetes, went to his doctor, everything was fine. He was managing his diabetes, he felt fine. And then all of a sudden he wasn't feeling well, he got sick, went to the doctor and the doctor said, you cannot leave this office. Your kidneys have completely failed. You have to go to dialysis, which is um, a, a, a place where you go and get hooked up and, and the, the machine cleans your blood out. So it leaves your body, your blood leaves your body, goes into this machine, it filters all the toxins out, and they put the blood back into your body. It's extremely painful. It's a horrible way to live. People have to do that three times a week, four hours a day. Oh my so my goodness. friend had to go on to dialysis until he got um, a kidney donation. So I think it was his wife who donated a, a kidney to him. So the problem is, is people don't find out till they crash into dialysis and it's too late. You need to catch it early if you want to prevent it. And there are things that you can do to prevent the onset of kidney disease. Most people that have it, have it because they have diabetes, they don't eat well, they don't exercise, they don't, you know, have a, a healthy lifestyle. So you could prevent kidney disease, most forms of kidney disease, if you do the things I talked about. You've got to exercise every day. You've got to eat well. Fruits, fresh fruits and vegetables, no processed food, low salt. And then make sure you're not taking a lot of, you know what, you guys are probably going to be um, surprised at this, but people who take a lot of Advil and ibuprofen, that damages your kidneys. So, right. you know, there are things that you can do to prevent, um, you know, the onset of it by just leading a very healthy lifestyle, especially when you're young. Young kids should be focused on this. And, and it's more prevalent in adults because mostly adults, you know, don't actually live a healthy lifestyle and they are more at risk. You know, the other shocking statistic is that African-Americans are three times more likely to get this disease than anyone else. Latinos are two times more likely to get this disease. Asian Americans, two times more likely. So, you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm Latina. I have to, you know, make sure I go to my doctor and I ask them to check, if, see if I have kidney disease. Early detection is critical. So if you, you know, if you start to feel lousy, don't, really tired, have puffy eyes, puffy legs and, and, and hands, and, and you just start... Go to your doctor for sure. But at your annual physicals, you should ask to get your blood tested.
I tell you, those numbers are are staggering on 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 the surface, but to to me, they're even more more personally touching. Uh, as I mentioned to Karen before, and Mike obviously knows my background. My entire career has been spent teaching students who fall in those three demographics. So to think that there's so many people who, uh, not just the students, but their family members who could be living with this disease because of, for a myriad of reasons, and because of a sedentary lifestyle, because of poor dietary choices are increasing that risk and might not even know about it. Yeah. It, it scares me as an educator, yeah. but it also kind of inspires me to, to, to push further with that, that awareness, that knowledge, and that, that, I mean, for a PE teacher, this is music to my ears, knowing that we can do a very small part to help make little young kids aware that this is another one of those silent killers that we have to watch out for. And by being aware of what you're putting in your body and what you're doing with your body, that, that can go a long way towards prevention. Absolutely. Especially with Absolutely. one of the one of the easiest things you can do is just, you know, kick out the processed sugars and carbohydrates, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And you know the the crazy thing also is that our primary care physicians aren't diagnosing it because they're worried about the diabetes and the high blood pressure when that's what causes damage to your kidneys. So what the the National Kidney Foundation is trying to do is get people general population to be aware to ask for these tests when they go to their primary care physician and say, hey, will you check my kidneys? A blood test and a urine test. Simple test, but it'll it'll tell you if your kidneys are functioning properly. And then if they aren't, if the numbers are come back a little off, you're still early in the stages where you could you could prevent it. You could actually stop it dead in its tracks. I feel like sometimes when you go to a doctor and you have those other those other symptoms that are synonymous with diabetes and this, they, they tend to like jump and latch on and diagnose and treat those first, as opposed right. to kind of looking down a little bit deeper right. and really getting to the root of what's happening. And when your kidneys are, are damaged, that'll lead, that could lead to, to heart disease. And so a lot of people die of a heart attack before they actually even know that there were issues with their kidneys. So, you know, it's really a, a big awareness deal for us, um, you know, just getting the word out. And that's why I'm so appreciative of you giving us this time. Um, you know, uh, March is, is National Kidney Month. And tomorrow is World Kidney Day, where all across the country, we're going to paint the town orange. The Empire State Building, I live in Nyack, they're going to, the Tappan Zee Bridge. So bridges and buildings are all going to turn orange so that we could, we could, you know, raise awareness of this horrible disease by just, you know, getting a little attention our way. So full disclosure, we are uh, recording this on March 7th. So uh, World Kidney Day is March 8th. <laughs> Just make okay, that clear. <laughs> but I think it's a great way to spread awareness, though. I'm already excited to get my, my orange shirt on for tomorrow. And when people ask why I chose such a bright color, I can explain to them that I'm doing it in support of kidney health awareness for World Kidney Day. I think it's a great way to, to help get the message out there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We and appreciate now, that. Karen, I want to go back to something you mentioned before. We've talked a lot about awareness and taking preventative measures. I know, especially in the area that, that we teach in and in a lot of very similar areas around the country, going to an annual checkup or an annual physical might not be super duper high on people's priority list, especially for younger people who 
feel healthy and you know don't think that they necessarily need to go to a doctor is it as simple as going in and getting a routine blood and or urine test or, or, or is it a more invasive process than that yeah no that's it a urine test and a blood test that's all you do and actually the national kidney foundation if you want to contact we have like i said we have 27 offices across the country and we do free screenings you know we do them in churches we do them at health fairs um, but the most important thing is to to get to get tested um, and if and you know like i said before the most uh, the easiest way is to really make sure that you're following a healthy lifestyle but there are some forms of kidney disease that aren't um, just, uh, you know, health style related. So it would make sense for them, you know, for people to just go and get their kidneys tested. And how convenient is that to have these free screenings going on in places where maybe the problem is that you can't get an appointment with your doctor anytime soon or aren't close to your doctor geographically or it's not close to your to your job or to your house, but there might be a church by your by your job that you pass on the way home, you could pop in, get your test done real quick, and go home with some peace of mind that you're taking all the steps you can take to help to help early detection and early prevention from becoming an issue. Yeah, just go on kidney.org and and you can find out what you know tests or screenings are in your neighborhood. You know there are a lot of people, like I said, 30 million that have it and don't know about it. And they are in the end stages of it. You know, there are options as well. The National Kidney Foundation really helps all people with kidney disease from, you know, the people that are on dialysis. There, there are actually 100,000 people on a waiting list to get a kidney. Wow. So there are kidneys that are from deceased, deceased donors, someone who might have died in a car crash, and they, they, they donate their kidneys on their license. Um, so people are waiting for those kidneys, and then there are living kidney donors, like I described my partner and and Mike's um, aunt who donated to to his uncle. So you know the National Kidney Foundation helps people that are on dialysis, that machine that cleans their blood. But we also promote living donation. You only need one, and you know if we could get more people to to help others that are on that waiting list we could eradicate that waiting list and we can save you know a hundred thousand lives 12 people a day die waiting for a kidney and that's just that's unacceptable in this day and age unacceptable so you know we've got a new program called the big ask the big give where we help people you know how difficult would it be if you needed a kidney to ask someone to to have an operation, to donate a kidney. That, that's really something really yeah. difficult. But some that's people, tough. if they don't, they die. And so we teach them, use social media, find you know different ways, but you've got to be your own advocate or get a, a family member that's your advocate and helps you. So we've got a program that's designed. They do role-playing. We teach them how to reach out to people. And then for the big give, where you're ultimately donating, we give you the information and the, the resources that you need to make that big decision and you know, feel comfortable that you're knowledgeable about what you're getting into. I think that's so critically important in this situation. I think there, without proper education and context, that there might be some misconception that I'm giving away a vital organ so my life is going to be drastically affected. But I think there's so many people who don't know that you can survive totally 
healthily and yeah. and normally with only one kidney. Exactly. Exactly. Now you mentioned that for World Kidney Day that there's the the Empire State Building here in New York is going to be lit up. There's lots of local and I'm sure national things that are going on. What are some what are some types of events that the National Kidney Foundation puts on to help raise funds and help raise awareness, not just here in New York, but nationwide and all year round? Well, uh, I'll just tell you, the last two days we had our um, uh, kidney kidney patient summit that was on the Hill in Washington, D.C. And 100 people from all over the country came so that we could fight for the rights of living donors. Um, we have an act in Congress legislation to, for it's called the Donor Protection Act, so that, you know, if you gave a kidney, you were in the hospital for a month and then you lost your job because you weren't protected under the Family Medical Leave Act and you donated, you did this great big gesture and saved someone's life, but then you lose your job or your insurance goes up. Um, so it's to, to prevent discrimination for people that donated kidneys. The other big events that we have across the country are our kidney walks. And it's an opportunity where Communities come together, the com kidney community comes together to support, you know, family members and friends. For example, I, I was just, you know, in um, I participated in the New York walk and we all gathered in Foley Square and walked over the Brooklyn Bridge. And it was so, so emotional and so inspiring to see all of these people that are in support of, of kidney health get together for this walk to raise money and awareness for, for kidney disease. So we have walks, we have golf events, we have galas, we have something called Team Kidney, where you can invent your own way to raise money for National Kidney for the National Kidney Foundation um, by running in a marathon or, you know, I'm a tennis player. Maybe I, I, I host a, a tennis tournament and all the money that is raised goes to the foundation. So we raise as much money as we possibly can through some of these events so that we can pour that back into our mission and help more people. And that also really helps to build community as well. My wife and I have a close friend of ours that used to work for the JDRF and, you know, they had like three walks a year and it was it was not only a big moneymaker for them for research, but just to key into that community element, you know, in, in our area. Absolutely. You know, even those, uh, you know, galas and, you know, people yeah. come together and they're recognized and they're honored and they, they, they feel like there is this great sense of community that you're not in it alone that you're suffering from this horrible disease or, or a family member, but people get together and it really does, it does give you that support that you need and, and feel that camaraderie with, camaraderie with other people. I think the, the advocacy piece is something that certainly can't and shouldn't be understated. I think it's critically important to, to have that kind of support at the national, you know, the congressional level, the, the decision makers, who are who are responsible for a lot of this uh, a lot of these changes taking place? Uh, Karen told me earlier about one of the the chief ambassadors in this awareness movement. Karen, what can you tell us about Angelica Hale? <laughs> she is awesome. She's ten years old and full of energy. But when she <laughs> was four, her kidneys failed. She got very sick. She had um, pneumonia and her body shut down and, and her kidneys failed. And her mom donated her kidney to her and allowed her to actually pursue a 
singing career. And she was the runner-up on America's Got Talent and now is our very first kidney spokesperson. Kid kidney spokesperson. <laughs> and it is awesome. So she was actually on the Hill with our kidney advocacy committee, the 100 people that, you know, came down to um, to Washington, D.C. To, to fight for our rights. And she was one of the faces of kidney disease that went to her her legislators and and to to congress to to talk about and put a face to kidney disease and talk about why it's so important to pass these laws and and you know for early detection and for you know helping people that donate kidneys and and fight for their rights so she was actually on the hill on on monday and tuesday and then attended a dinner that we had um, a congressional dinner where a lot of people from Congress came and we honored and recognized people that were our great supportive supporters of ours. It, it kind of puts things into perspective when you think that a the 10 year old has already accomplished more in life than I have. But uh, <laughs> you know, she's she's on America's Got Talent. She's she's changing people's lives in D.C. She's having dinner with, with heads of state and yeah, uh, totally. all the, the ripe old age of 10 years old. So it's Amazing. so awesome to hear about that. I'm sure it's only going to lead to, to bigger and better things as she goes from what could have been a, I'm sure was a very tough life situation to deal with. And is certainly making the most of that. She is amazing. She just has this spirit about her that is, is infectious and, and people love to be around her and people listen to her and she uses her voice, not only to sing, but to, you know, talk about how important it is to, to raise awareness, to prevent kidney disease. That's, That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> uh, la last question on my end, then. I, I think I saved the, the meatiest, maybe hardest-hitting question for last. Karen, in your professional opinion, who's the best player on the tennis tour right now? <laughs> I'll tell you who my favorites are. I love, obviously, Serena Williams. Well, that's not so obvious. And, <laughs> and Rafael Nadal is my all-time favorite. I just Absolutely. love him as nice. a player. You know, I... He works hard for every point. You know, Federer is amazing. He's effortless. He's got incredible talent. But I just love the grit of uh, of Rafael Nadal. I never really warmed up to the the Capris, to be honest with you. But I <laughs> definitely can't knock, definitely can't knock his game at all. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, to, to bring it back. Back full circle, um, I, I can't stress how thankful we are, Karen, that you took the time to, during the, uh, another Northeast snowstorm here, to yeah. pop on with us and to talk about National Kidney Month and World Kidney Day, to shed some light on kidney health overall and just how important early detection and prevention is. I know, again, as a PE teacher, as a health teacher, this is something that really means a lot to, to us and that we, we can actually have some direct impact on working with students from five years old all the way up to 18 years old or, or maybe even a little older and hopefully impact not only their futures but their families' futures as well by, by shining some light on this. So thank you so much for, for coming on, Karen. This has been awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything that you do. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. So that wraps up another sensational episode of the Open Forum podcast. Uh, we're going to have links not just to the National Kidney Foundation's website, which is uh, kidney.org, but also to, to Karen's contact information as well. If you have any further questions for her, if you 
don't have any questions for Karen, but you do have questions for Mike or I, you can reach us in the same ways as always. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm at PhysEdFreak. And I'm at CoachMillerPE. If you have some more questions or comments for the show, uh, some deeper questions about kidney health that you couldn't find on the website, or, again, questions for Mike and I, maybe some topics that you want to hear us talk about, or maybe you want to be a future guest on the show, you can always reach us by email at openforumpod at gmail.com. We certainly love hearing people's comments and getting feedback on each of our shows. We highly encourage you to keep reaching out to us. Uh, we truly want to make this show an open forum. So keep reaching out, keep the conversation going, and until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyseded.org.